This is Channel Attitude. Your voice, your right, your freedom. Hell yes. It's always a great way to get started with the smoke out. Get pumped up, if you will. I'm pumped up. I know Shelly is. It is Smoke Out with Shelly and SJ. Episode 51 slash 8. It's our 51st episode overall, our 8th episode for ChannelAttitude.com. Subscribe on ChannelAttitude.com for less than a dollar a week. Get every episode on audio and video. And, of course, you get to join us every single week. I send you an email on Thursday nights saying, hey, this is where we're going to be. You can come hang out with us either in the private chat, on audio, on video, participate in the show, chill, ask questions, <clears throat> whatever you want to do. It's awesome. Join the smoke out, channelattitude.com. Of course, I'm Stern Jesus. She is Shelly Martinez. If you want to know more about either one of us, you can find us at uh, ShellySJSmokeout.com. Find our links, plus the links to the Twitter and the Instagram. See us on there as well on the social media. Shelly, what is up this week? A lot, but before we get into it, <laughs> I want to know if you can relate to this. When you said episode eight, I try to put an Ada, but like, look at how weird my fingers are. They're like, I, this, I could do a good three, but on this side, it's like, it hurts. I don't know. That's weird. Is it? <laughs> see, this side's fine. It feels fine. Normal. This, it's a struggle. And the see, mm. so that's why I had to do this. <laughs> it's not a six. Yeah. <laughs> not throwing signs. But it hurts. I wonder if that has to do with the years of like managing because every time I've been like on the outside of the wrestling ring, when I pound on the apron, mm -hmm. I really, I, I go hard. Like I would get, go home with like bruises right here and I have really bum wrists and I wonder if that's what it is. And I'm right-handed. So this is the one where if it was just one hand, I'm like, damn it. Or come on. I'm so sure. They don't tell you that when you start wrestling. Is one day you try to make a, th a three sign, <laughs> screwed up. The things they don't tell you. But it feels weird because not only does it hurt, but my brain is like thinking it's just going to be easy, and it's like a challenge, and it's just weird. Anyway, pay <laughs> grade. Sure, has something to do with tendons and joints and all that stuff. Yeah. Too much, too much for me. I do want to point out, of course, the giveaway. If we get to anything else. Can win an 18 inch cool ass bong. It's right there. You can see, let me get you a little better picture. There we go. From next bar to smoke. They have all kinds of crap there. Use Coast Energies as 10% off. You know the drill. Uh, August 25th, in three weeks, we'll announce a winner on the show. It could be you. It may not be you, but it could be you. That's the whole point of a giveaway is you can win. I said it before and I'll say it again. I know my bongs and I could tell that bong hits real nice and just like crisp. I could just oh, tell. Yeah. You want this bong. I'm telling you. Or water pipe or whatever you want to call it. Water pipe. Excuse me. Tobacco pipe for tobacco use only. Or, or herbs. Or what is it called? Um, incense. <laughs> Who puts incense in there? Well, I guess, you know, when I used to smoke spice, that's technically like incense, wasn't it? Yeah, I think so. I think about spice almost every day, man. <laughs> it's terrible. Remember, I do not recommend doing spice. It's bad for you. It's very, very bad for you. Known to cause seizures. I don't know if it's known to cause deaths. Maybe, but. There's been a few. I think I remember writing stories. I used to write more about cannabis. There was one story about this girl who like ended up. I don't know if she went into a coma. She ended up with some sort of brain damage. From like she just started having seizures and just her like, I guess her brain didn't get enough oxygen for a certain amount of time or something like that. And yeah, I remember. I don't know if I've said this on our show before, but part of what I used to do back in the day with my secret society is I would do one-on-one um, -on -one chats with people and I called them friend dates. And I would like literally be like, okay, what are you gonna? have to eat and like I would go get something special or something that I really liked and I would act like it was like meeting up with these guys and it was just one-on-one -on -one, um meeting up with these guys and like if we were at a restaurant or something and we'd sit there and hang out I'll never forget <laughs> I was living in Hollywood at the time 
I was living in a studio apartment and I just remember sitting on the floor with my laptop and like I was taking hit after hit of the spice. And so think like, you know how you do with normal herb and like all of a sudden I just remember the dude's face. And to this day, like I'm still cool with this guy. Like he's, I consider him an internet friend. So I was very comfortable with him at the time. I just like saw his face and it just like tripped me out. And I just like, was, I was like, you know what? I need to get some air real quick. Let me call you right back. And I went outside and I was flipping the F out. I was just like, oh my God. It took me a long time to come come down for it. Of course, I went back to smoking more, but I just didn't do it as heavily. But that damn spice, man, it'll get you. Yeah, stay away from that shit. The real stuff. Get the real stuff or don't bother. Yeah. Or there's of- other things you can do, like, you know stuff that's not going to kill you or give you seizures. (laughs) I mean, it's just like shit with numbers and letters and like some college kids threw together some shit. And you know, it's hard telling what's in there. What's going to do to you. I remember I used to go, there's a liquor store uh, down the street from me and I just go to the liquor store, get my black Mamba or Mr. Nice. And I get that. And I would just taste like crap, smells like crap. But man, it got me lifted. There was a time where a friend of mine was on this show, this dating show. And it was like, the you, have you heard the Bad Girls Club, that reality show? Yeah. Okay, so what it was, it was girls from the Bad Girls Club kind of doing a kind of like bachelorette kind of show kind of thing. So he was one of the dudes trying to like win the heart of one of these bad girls. And I guess he couldn't get any of his ex-girlfriends to agree to go on the show. So he listed me down as somebody who, cause he didn't live in LA that lives in LA. That was like a reference. So they called me up because they totally did it. Like didn't let him know like what was going on. Totally surprised him. And they're like, Hey, we can't get any of these girlfriends to come, but you know, you being somebody that knew him, like, would you come? I was like, hell yeah. So I just remember <laughs> I was there with all the, the ex-girlfriends <laughs> and I got them so messed up on Spice <laughs> because before we started filming the show, I was like, dude, I don't, I'm not holding, I need something. So I went to a liquor store, got the Spice. I was like, all right. I was just smoking it up. And then me and the girls got along really well, the uh, ex-girlfriends. And I remember some of the ex-girlfriends were like, Oh, you know, this is, this isn't real. He's not really trying to get with this girl. Like, this is just what we do to get money. Like reality show people. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh, okay. That makes sense. Like, cause some of these girls were really, really nice. And I was like, how is it that like you're dating some douchebag that wants to be on the show? And then, um, I remember we were all effed up, man. And then they started serving us alcohol, of course. And then, um, I saw some ugly things go down. This is what my opinion of reality TV was like, ew, because they of course were listening in on us talking. So the girls that were talking about how like, Oh, he's not really trying to get with her. They would plant certain producers near that girl to be like talking about her boyfriend. Like, Oh yeah, he was kissing her and da 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 da. So these girls got like legit mad. Like it was no more fun and games. Like, it was crazy and we were all effed up on spice because i was spicy (laughs) and i remember one girl she was like i came here to give him um give him back his key or something like that to like where they live together because she told him if he went on the show like she would not be with him when he came back and it was like real moment i was like oh oh my gosh this isn't fun anymore and i'm all spiced up and all the girls are spiced up But that was a helping episode. It was. They cut the best part though, because the, when the girls from the Bad Girls Club started like questioning me, because <laughs> it was like me and my friend were sitting there in a room with them. I think there was two girls or three. I don't remember. And they were like asking me personal questions about my friend that only like an ex girlfriend or somebody that has hooked up with him would know. And I was like, I don't know. They're like. One girl's like, why are you here? I was like, why don't you ask your producers why I'm here? They're the ones that called me in here. And I totally went off on them. True Shelly fashion. (laughs) And they totally cut that whole part out, of course. I thought it was good TV. I was being a good little villain, talking shit to the bad girl. I even told her, I was like, I'm hesitant to even give my stamp of approval on you. You're from the bad girls club. Like, ew. (laughs) 
I do remember that show. I vaguely remember doing some kind of parody or something. Back in the days when I did a lot of audio parodies, I remember doing um, Meth Whore Island. <laughs> that was, from what I remember, that was, uh, they locked a bunch of girls in like this big ass warehouse and gave them meth. <laughs> and I can't remember much more than that. But there was something else at the Bad Girls Club, too. It was so long ago. I've done so many of those, so many stupid bits and sketches and skits and shit. That's but awesome. yeah, I definitely, I definitely remember that show. <laughs> Oh my gosh. But um, something I wrote on Twitter this week, kind of um, in the same vibe of me going off on these bad girls. I got a lot to say today for the show, if I might, if I may. Oh, yeah. No, as you probably know, Stoner Jesus, I did this whole interview on the internets, on the YouTubes with, uh, it's called WSI um, Shoot Interviews. And the way they do it is it's a whole episode. I think we recorded for two hours, but he cuts it up in like sections, like whatever the subject is. Mm -hmm. I cannot, I feel like I'm becoming like the female Vince Russo over here. Shout out Vince Russo. (laughs) Um, Because these fans, and I told Vince Russo this the other day, I said, these fans act like when I'm sharing my experiences with their favorite wrestlers that are not positive, they're acting like I kicked their damn dog. Like I swear to God, like it is crazy because I don't really read the comments, but when I go to these videos, cause I want to promote them because, you know, I think people want to hear what I have to say that are following me. And the guy that does this, the show, he does a really good job. Like that's why I even wanted to go on his podcast. Like he does a really, really good job. And so I want to help put his channel over. I want to share my stories with my fans. And honestly, maybe this sounds petty of me, but the people I'm talking about, I want them to also see it. And because a lot of famous wrestlers follow me, they're prone to be like, did you see Shelly talking shit about you? There's the link. Yes, I would like for them to see that. And it's not because I'm trying to start trouble. It's, this is why I don't like you. This is why I don't like you. And they're just over there. (laughs) When I see like the first couple of like comments, because how can you ignore it when it's like right there, right? People, like, first of all, I've been called a born liar. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You can't believe anything I say. I have psycho eyes. Uh, I probably banged everybody. Um, one of them was like, oh, she accused Chris Jericho she of having an affair with her. And then she admitted that she lied and took it back. Uh, that has never happened. People went up in arms a couple years ago when I tweeted Jericho. And I said, does your wife know about these girls? Or I forget what I said. Are you in an open relationship? Or does your wife not know about these women you hook up with? That's what I said. Mm-hmm. Now, I used to be friends with Jericho. I thought he was my friend. Um, kind of like a little bit of a mentor as well. We are no longer friends. I'm not going to go on any podcast and talk about why, because that's between me and him. He knows why. And when I said that, the reason why is because there was, because of some stuff that like was personal between us, but also and him between some people I know Also, there is stuff all over the internet that says or shows him kissing other girls or whatever. So it's so interesting to me that people, for example, can come for years on my Twitter and be like, oh, you're just mad because you banged Batista and then he dumped you. I never hooked up with Batista, not 1%. So it's like people come at me and accuse me of all these different things and these different rumors. But because I was in professional wrestling, because I shared a locker room with these people, because I know these people, it's like these internet warriors make it seem like I'm not allowed to say anything. Like, how come they can say all they want, these fans, that know nothing, really? They just know rumors. But yet, if I say something... I'm like the biggest bitch on the internet. And it's like, why is that? That's so dumb. I don't get it. I stopped trying to figure it out a long time ago. It's just stupid. So it's so interesting because 
when we were talking last week about disabled fans and I've talked, I would, I had a certain fan in my mind that was in a wheelchair and he was the, one of the people like I was giving an example, he did not want to be treated like he was in a wheelchair. Like he wasn't using that to try to get some kind of extra attention or whatever. Well, he was a fan of mine and for a while he was actually on this thing called Funtime Radio. I used to have my first podcast with Danielle. He was on there with us for a little bit. Long story short, he crossed some boundaries and he was no longer a fit. So it was two things. He crossed the boundary. He was no longer a fit for our show. Um, and so we decided not to use him anymore. And so this last video that was, um, or not last, but one of the last ones that the um, WSI put up was me talking about why I don't like Shawn Michaels. And he put in there, I saw it, it was like, I used to do Shelly's first podcast with her and her sister. And um, there was a misunderstanding between me and her sister. And so she told Shelly and Shelly treats me the way Batista and um, what's his face, Shawn Michaels treat her. And then he was just like burying me. And I was like, <laughs> wow. And that's what I put. I commented back. I put, wow. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if he replied or whatever, but it's just like, people are just really coming for me. And some, and there was a, there was a comment and it was like, oh, what did it say? Something like Shelly here. I think I screenshot it. Cause I wanted to talk about it on the show. I was just like, dude, are you effing kidding me right now? <laughs> Let's see here. Yes, I did. She really comes across as a quote, you disrespect to me and I'm going off kind of person. Shelly wants to talk to your manager right now. <laughs> <laughs> now, first of all, let's talk about that comment. Yeah. If I don't care who you are. And this is what I told Johnny Ace when Batista and I got in that fight backstage. And he told me, how dare you talk to top male talent that way? I said, I don't care who you are. If you disrespect me and come at me like that, I'm going to stand up for myself. So this interviewer for WSI, he had no idea about any of my stories until he asked. Yeah. I didn't go on here or I didn't go on my other podcast that I do and openly said, you know what? I'm going to talk about Shawn Michaels. I'm going to talk about uh, the Sandman. Oh, I guess we did talk about Sandman here. But, um, you know, these different other people that people are like, oh, she has problems with everybody. It's like I was asked. I was on an interview. I was asked about these people. Yeah, I could have just been like, I don't like them and then left it at that. But that's a boring interview. Yeah. And the thing is, is the stories I told about everyone that I've talked about on there that I don't like and why I don't like them. That's just one example of why I don't like them. And that's the safe story. There's other stories, but I don't feel comfortable exposing that part of the business to fans who just want to know gossip. So when people that like, came at me for the CM Punk thing, oh, because he didn't acknowledge you in a story that you were involved in. Well, that's kind of the safe story. There's other things, but I'm not going to get into it because it's not for all of the public to know. But that's what I choose. And that's an example. Yes. <laughs> so It's like they're making it seem like I didn't like anybody. And even though there's a good handful of people I don't, there was a lot of people I really liked. I liked The Big Show. I liked Shane Helms. I'm trying to think of some other people. Uh, I liked uh, Edge, who was another big name. Uh, John Cena. Um, even though I don't know these girls too well, I had good experiences with Tori Wilson, Candace Michelle. Um, I love Jillian Hall, Crystal Marshall. There's like Shelton Benjamin. There's so many people, but he didn't ask me about those people. Yeah. And those were the people of my era. Elijah Burke, I freaking love. We were in OVW together and then we got to go on the road together. Um, Monty Brown. There's just so many people. Like, even though Johnny Ace is like, people are all pissed at him or whatever. I had a great relationship with Johnny Ace. He never tried to bang me or anything, but like, I felt like I can go to him and I talked to him and 
I liked joking around with him. Joey Styles. Like, there's so many people. Like, even my interactions with Vince McMahon were all positive. Like, I think he sucks to what he does to other people. But, like, I don't have a Vince McMahon story to say because I never got into it with Vince McMahon because nothing ever happened. I like Stephanie McMahon. I love Paul Heyman. So it's like... <laughs> There's more than just these people. It just so happened the dude asked me about these people. That's right. It's a better story anyway with the people you have negative interactions with. People don't, especially on the internet, they don't want to hear about, you know, oh, I like this person. I thought this person was cool. They get kind of tired of that shit quickly. There's not enough drama in it for them. I know wrestling fans especially. <clears throat> a lot of like comic book fans and other fans of certain pop culture genres where they're so invested in the storylines and what's going on to the point where in their head they have their own storylines going on and storylines they think should be happening and things that they know better about and they want to now they can get on the internet and just spew that crap where 30 years ago they just annoy their friends with it but now you know on youtube or twitter or whatever and just say you know whatever you think your opinion is and if someone attacks a wrestler you feel like your your favorite wrestler is being attacked you feel like you're going to come to their aid and you know defend them in youtube comments or attack the person you think is attacking them and it's just it all comes back to people having too much time on their hands you don't have to worry about death or pestilence or you know the black plague or anything like that or you know women are dying of childbirth regularly at 30 and and the shit that used to happen just 200 years ago and now we have so much time on our hands we're just we're not using a lot of it wisely we're using a lot of it to do stupid shit on the internet which is in the history books will be the, that'll be the downfall uh people doing a lot of stupid shit on the internet and they were paying attention to the real world and the real world fell apart and here we are and what's crazy is i also saw a comment with the Shawn michaels video and it said Something to the effect, like, even Undertaker said he wouldn't piss on Shawn Michaels if he was burning or something like that. And it's like, so it's okay for somebody like the Undertaker to say whatever. And that's the other thing that kind of, like, irked me a bit. It's like, I kind of feel, and this is just my opinion, if I had stayed around much longer and, like, really made a name for myself, and I was a male wrestler, I feel like people would not be coming for me. But because I was only there for my 15 minutes of fame and I'm a female, it's like I'm a liar, blah, blah, blah. Another comment that was made, a screenshot. So she's mad because he didn't shake her hand. Who is this person? I mean, yeah, Shawn Michaels did some foul shit, but I mean, come on, because he didn't want to shake your hand. Now, Here's the thing. In the world of wrestling, when you are talent, it is a huge, huge rule to shake everybody's hand. There's times when if someone does, doesn't shake someone's hand, and let's say it's their first time backstage, they're trying to get a job, they're really nervous, and let's say this wrestler over here that's been around for a long time a superstar in that company, let's say maybe they're in a bad mood or they feel threatened by this person because maybe they think they're going to take their spot. They will cause trouble to that person if they don't come and shake their hand, even if it's just they're nervous. I remember hearing stories about a girl that um, before she became famous in wrestling, when she'd come to catering and when she was trying to get her job, she would, feel uncomfortable going up to people and interrupting them while they're eating to shake their hand. And then later they, they were like, she didn't shake so-and-so's hand. Oh yeah. I don't know about her and blah, blah, blah. So this person over here, this random bigs with a Z has no idea what he's talking about. That's why when Shawn Michaels ignored me purposely to put his chapstick on, to not shake my hand, to avoid it, that was a statement. That was a huge statement. It wasn't that all of a sudden he was like, oh, shoot, my lips are dry. It was on purpose because he didn't want to shake my hand. When 
I have yeah. my wrestling boyfriend. Um, I remember I saw him at a show. It was the first time I saw him after we broke up. He came up to me to shake my hand and I wouldn't shake his hand. He was like, really? You're not going to shake my hand? I said, no, this is a big deal. I was making a statement and everyone in the room was like, oh, damn, she didn't shake his hand. So shaking hands is a huge, huge, huge thing when you don't do it, especially if you are purposely, it's not like, oh, you're busy or whatever. When you go out of your way not to shake someone's hand, it is a big effing deal. And that was the last comment I had saw. And I was like, that's what I was like, you know what? These people don't know what they're talking about, whatever. If they want to hate me, that's fine. If they want to talk crap about me, that's fine. Like, I'm not going to sit here and police myself against people who don't even know what they're talking about. And I promise you, Shawn Michaels, Randy Orton, The Sandman, who else? Matt Stryker, everyone I talked about on there that I didn't like, I promise you, they do not care that I said those things. Maybe it kind of rubbed them wrong, but I'm pretty sure there were like, she's washed up. She's a has-been. She hasn't been in the scene for a long time. She never made a name. Who the F is she? F her. And that's fine. But these fans are like coming for me, like as if I hurt these wrestlers' feelings. They don't care. They don't care. I'm nobody to these people. Who is she? You know how many times I hear that? That's fine. It doesn't hurt my feelings when people don't remember me because I was there for such a short time. Like, I feel very blessed and grateful that I've been able to make a living for myself based off of that specific character and that TV time I did have. But there's so many wrestling fans who have no idea who I am, who my character was, and I'm okay with that. And the whole purpose of me sharing these stories and going there on this interview, my whole point is that's why wrestling isn't for me because I don't play the game. I don't just ignore things or just let it roll off my back when it comes to being that petty and lame about things. Like it just, I couldn't believe that this is the backstage politics that are existing in my dream job, this huge multi-billion dollar company. This is the thing. And that it gave me a headache. And that's why when I was in TNA, I really didn't care. And I was just like, as long as I do a good job and show up and like do what I'm supposed to, I didn't care. And maybe I would have gotten farther or maybe when I, before I quit, by the way, I quit, I didn't get fired. Maybe they would have given me the pay raise I asked for if I played the game. If I sat there and took time to politic and be in this person's ear and this person's ear and da, 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 da. To me, it was just like, why? I already been through all that in WWE and I didn't even do it there. So why would I even do it here? Because <clears throat> let's be honest. WWE is its own entity. It's like whether people are thriving in TNA, Japan, Mexico, now AEW, most of those people would ditch any of those companies like that to be in WWE. So it's like, I feel like I went from high school to like middle school or junior high when I went to TNA. And then when I went to the Indies, it felt like I went, back to elementary school. Like, that's why I didn't care there. And at least I had a little name for myself. So I was able to get away with more and like, whatever. But I don't think people understand, like, these are examples of why I realized I am not meant to be in wrestling because I don't, I'm not down with the game. Yeah. Most people, you can't convince most of people that make these comments that there's things they don't know about their, favorite thing like i said whether it's wrestling or comic books or whatever um, it's definitely interesting talking about Vince mcmahon you know, obviously the big news is that he retired from wwe a lot of stuff going on over there shakeups uh triple h is in head of creative uh from what i hear um what do you think about Vince mcmahon did you think Vince mcmahon was going to retire or you think he was just going to die you know in that chair with his little headset on no that's the thing when it came out 
call me a tin hat foil wearer conspiracy person, but it made sense why I feel they allowed this information to come out and then he retired. I feel it was calculated because the man is 77 years old. Like, even though you may look at him and be like, oh, he's not aging well. That's only because you remember him from being on TV from when he was younger. Like he actually is aged pretty well, especially for having that hard life, you know, allegedly being a part of doing steroids. I don't know if it's true or not, but like allegedly. Um, and then living that road life, you know what I'm saying? Like living on the road. And even though he wasn't like the wrestler or whatever, like he's been a part of it for a long time. He wasn't just like, no offense, like Shane McMahon, where it's like, who, by the way, I love Shane McMahon, um, where he kind of comes and goes out of it. Right. Mm -hmm. Maybe he has something to do behind the scenes. I'm not sure. Like, but Vince McMahon, like when his dad was in charge, he was a commentator. Like he's been doing it for a long time, like a really long time. And what is it going to be 80, 90 years old? If he lives that long, still doing that. Like, <laughs> and the thing is, is in my opinion, I feel like everyone there knew what the deal was, the timeline. And that's why Stephanie has been groomed the way she has. That's why Triple H has been groomed the way he has and whoever else is in charge. Because there was going to come a time where Vince was going to be like, I don't want to do it anymore. Like, I'm sure he still calls the shots and everything at the end of the day. But that's why he's groomed these people because now they know what he's going to like, what he's not going to like. And if they do something he doesn't like, he's going to say something. So it's like, what do people expect? Oh, old Vince McMahon, like, oh, like you were already sharing in one of our shows that like he was having a hard time keeping like his balance, like when walking around the ring or whatever. He's old. He is 77 is a ripe age, you know, and I don't know what people expect. And when people were so shocked and like, oh, oh, this, and it's like, what do you expect, dude? 77 years old. That's right. I hope to still be doing this show when I'm 77. <laughs> I'm a 77 year old me is going to look like. This is what 42 year old me looks like. And it's not good. <laughs> what 77 year old me is going to look like. But think about it. That, that works because you're sitting there. You're in the comfort of your own place. Sitting down. Like. Just you run it, you do your thing, but like you can do other things in life. Whereas Vince, it's like, not only does it come back to like putting everything together, but then at the same time, he's in airports, he's in hotels. There's like different, there's like the life of a wrestler or like a musician or a comedian. It's very rough because you're always on the go. And there's a certain natural high that comes with that like yeah you know airport blah, 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 blah. but after a while it's very tiring and even though like when you're in your prime and doing it when you're so busy just like wwe is so there's no breaks at least with comedy and with musicians they only go on tour certain amount of days of the year where wwe there's no days off like there's literally you're always if you're a main person and you're on all the shows, especially if you're Vince McMahon, you're very involved. You're traveling all the time. That That's such a toll, mentally and physically. So I don't know why these people expect Vince McMahon to be like this super old man doing it. He's not just sitting, videoing in from his house to tell, call the shots or run the show, you know, have a stream. And then he's like, okay, camera, like that's not happening. He's there at the show. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure he's probably one of the first people even there. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I just, I don't understand why people, I, I feel like they're just not thinking of it that way, which is fine because if you're not in the wrestling business, you're not going to tend to think about those details. And then also I feel that, it's kind of one of those things where people just want the gossip 
They want the rumors. They want the drama of, ooh, this whole lawsuit or whatever. Ooh, he, oh, he stepped down. Uh-oh, <gasps> he retired. Is it really that shocking? Like, I don't understand. But again, I come from that world. I've lived in that world. So maybe that's why my opinion is a little bit more like it's very obvious. But I don't know. I'm hoping if I don't make it to 77, technology be such that I can have like a hologram or something <laughs> of the show. Or maybe if I'm still alive, I can still do a hologram. Let's replace certain aspects of my life with the hologram. I mean, 77 is 35 years. So. Or you can be like on Futurama where your head's just like in the. That's right. <laughs> well, it seems like, you know, you're losing a lot when you lose the rest of your body. Just being a head seems like it's going to be boring, but I guess it depends what the alternative is. Yeah, true. 2057. <laughs> 77 years old. We'll see. Isn't it crazy to think about things in those terms? Like, it's like. When you really think about it, like I was walking mini the other day and I was like doing some math in my head, how old I'd be at a certain time. And I was like, oh, I kind of like had a weird moment, a Spice Girl moment right there. I was like, oh my gosh, like there's just like one day. Okay. Ooh. It is weird. I see those memes that say like, you know, we're closer now to like the 2050s than we are in the 1980s or some shit like that. I don't know. It happened so quick. It became old so quickly. And now here we are. It's so true. Like, another thing I've been thinking of since, like, reliving all these different things from my wrestling past is when I was in WWE, I was literally 25, 26 years old. Like, and it seems like so long ago. Like, yeah, the memories are there. Sometimes I can get triggered and be right there in the moment. But generally speaking, I don't go about my whole day reminiscing about all this stuff. It kind of, if if I'm triggered by something and like I need a heal from it, maybe it'll be in and out of my day. But like, I just, I can't relate to that part of my life anymore. Even like the Indies, I mean, 2017 is when I retired. So it wasn't like that, that long ago. It was a little bit ago, but not that, that long ago. And it's like, I just can't relate to what my daily used to be. And it's like, it trips me out because I'm so used to how my life is now. And this is my normal. That's like, wow, all this time went by. It's a trip, dude. <laughs> it's a trip, man. It's a trip and a half. That's why these nerds online that wanted to talk about me and try to like hurt my feelings or whatever. Like one person was like, you're old. Yeah, I am. 1000%. Like, is that an insult? Because hell yeah, I'm really old. And not only that, I feel way older because of the wear and tear I put on my body from professional wrestling. So it's like, I don't know. It's just so eye rolling to me that <laughs> these people, it's like, I, that was just a part of my life, dude. It's not my everything. It's not who it didn't make me. It's not who I am. Like it's my experiences that have molded into who I am today, but it's not my identity. And it never was. That's why I think I didn't care about the politics or whatever. I didn't really know what was going on. People saw me as a threat. I had no idea, like no idea at the time. It was more like, I was like, like some girls that had issues with me to me, I was like, wow, they've been here for a long time. Like props to them. And like, look at them do their thing. That's freaking awesome. Like, I didn't know they were like, oh, she just thinks she's the shit. Doesn't she? I'm like, oh my God. Like that was said about me. Like I, I had no idea because I just wrestling was just what I did. It wasn't who I was. And that they stand by that. It's, it's a huge part of who, like a part of who I am, but it's like, it's not all that I was. It was like, you know, and I always had outside interests as well. And I think that was the other thing too. I've always been 
to music and like the horror genre and like on my days off I go and do things and it wasn't like I was just sitting there like some of my people like I was around they were just like on their days off like plotting to what their next political move would be so they get more tv time and it's like oh my god that's so exhausting and so I found myself just around a small group of people who when we got together we were smoking it up eating papa john's going to the gym like doing things we go out on little adventures all freaking high hitting the bomb or excuse me water pipe in the car just like having a good old time like we weren't like oh so you know I gotta get in Vince's ear and da, 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 and this guy's burying me and blah, blah 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 it was our escape from that and those people in that group for the most part aside from like one of those people that off the top of my head they're not those people today either. Like we all have our own things going on in our lives, but like, I never saw them conform to like being those douchebags, except the one person. And um, I think that had a lot to do with it. It's just like, we had other things going on, not just wrestling. Yeah. Sounds exhausting. Sounds like an exhausting life. Better life is the weed life, the cannabis life. If you will, if you tuned in a couple weeks ago, whenever it was, you know that Shelly started a new segment on the show, Shelly Grows Pot. And it's pretty self-explanatory. She's Shelly. She's growing pot. Bam. Look at that. Look at that. Isn't that beautiful? <laughs> um, so how far along is that? Well, I was told in October it would be ready to harvest. Okay. So that's just a few months away. Um, we shall see. We shall see, you know, keeping it alive. When I first got it, some of the leaves were a little brown and I feel like most of that brown is gone. There's a couple like on the tips, you just see a little bit. So I've really been nursing it. I was talking to it earlier and I was watering it, gave it a little spritz there. And, um, yeah, dude. And it's starting to have a little bit of a smell to it, which is really nice. And, I think it's going to be good. I'm really, really, really excited about it. I think there's studies. I may be wrong about this. They show that certain types of music and stuff are better for plant growth. You know, I don't feel like I would be good at growing a plant. I've never been really good at it. I've never tried marijuana because of the legality issues. But uh, it's definitely, you know, you got to put some work into it. It's not one of those things where you just throw some seeds in the ground and then, you know, come back in six months and you got weed. It's, it's to grow it to grow good weed. If you just want that shit that comes in a brick from Mexico, well, I mean anybody can do that. I could do that. But the point. See, for me, that's like one of my um I have like a lemon tree too that I tend to. It's right next to the plant. And I've really been enjoying bringing back to life my lawn, both in the front yard and the backyard. Because being here in SoCal, especially during these hot seasons, um, you know, it gets really dry. And where I live, it gets really hot, like really, really hot. And so, um, you know, my grass really was affected by it. So I've been really tending to it. And I found a lot of enjoyment in it because you know, always doing content, creating, editing, shooting new stuff, things like that. Even though, I mean, it's great, but it is a lot and it is my job. So it's not always like something that I feel like I want to do, but I have to because how else I'm going to make my money. So tending to these plants and the grass and all that, it's like, that's my escape. Cause I don't have to worry about being gussied up, being camera ready, editing. Like, it's just, I can zone out and just like be present and like take care of these plants and grass. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of like a king of the hill. I'm kind of like Hank Hill with my lawn. I'm just starting to get real proud of it. <laughs> and there's no YouTube comments on the, uh, the pot plant or the lemon trees or the grass. Yeah. They just they just want me, they embrace me nurturing it. And so there you go. <laughs> there you go. You get various updates throughout the uh next couple months. You know, we'll follow the progress 
Uh, did I ask you if it had a name? Did you tell me if it had a name? I, um, okay, so I was told that it's been known by many different names. Um, Special Ed, which I've never heard of before. Liz, which I've never heard of before. Um, and then he said Glow was another one. So I think I'm just going to rename it. There you go. I have to test it out first, and then special. I, good name. That's like a great name. Was that special? special a great name. <laughs> it's two D's. Two D's. <laughs> I feel like I have to sample it to see. No, no, it'll come to you. Yeah. Inspiration. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I, especially because there's no concrete. It's not like a, you know, black or white widow or blue dream. It's not like a. a drain from that kind of thing being that there's so many names i feel like i can name it whatever the hell i want to that's right no one's gonna know no it's just there's thousands of names for probably what's like 50 strains <gasps> you know what i think i got a name okay <laughs> let me give you the backstory before i reveal the name so oh this goes to another point i totally forgot about okay <laughs> All right, so here we go. So earlier today, when I was like kind of just messing around, waiting for showtime, drinking my tincture water and all, um, do you remember that little boy back in the day, little Hercules? Uh, yeah, like the real muscle kid. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, on my feed, I saw that um, there it was like a story about little Hercules and where he is now. I guess now um, he wants to be like involved in NASA. I kind of skimmed through it, but um, I've definitely seen a documentary on Little Hercules like in the last few years, and it's so crazy because I remember when I was younger and Little Hercules like first came out, I was kind of jealous because I was like, "Wow, I wish that I had that kind of like discipline and guidance from my family. Like, you know, maybe I'd be more successful in different things." And then when I watched that documentary, I was like, ooh, that's too much. Like, this isn't good. What they did to him is not good. And so um, I was skimming through it. And one of the things in this article, it showed a picture of Hulk Hogan in him. And of course, yes, I don't like Hulk Hogan. <laughs> and um, one of the things that I've always wondered, I was like, why is Hulk Hogan's eyes always like super red? And it doesn't come off to me like he's high. They're just like this bloodshot. Ugh. And so I was like, well, maybe he is because I mean, he's from the era of like when I was a little girl, he was a huge deal. And I guess he's still a huge deal. But as far as like when I was a wrestler in WWE, he wasn't like around. So I don't like here and there he was, but like he wasn't like of my era. So I don't know if he smokes or not. So I looked it up and it says here, Hulk Hogan is the only wrestler on the list whose namesake inspired a strain of marijuana. Considering his infinity, infinity for affinity, I can't talk, for smoking weed, he must be honored by this fact. According to the Ultimate Warrior, Hogan would smoke weed every day when he was WWE's biggest headliner in the 80s. And so I thought... No, that's false. Because when I moved from Kentucky back to California, um, RVD, he was already living here. And he, he was the one that smartened me up to having a recommendation so you could be legal. It was before when you had to have it. So to get my family to like not be totally like pissed at me for smoking, because I was like not a smoker when I left. I thought, I'm going to be legal. I'm not going to break any laws. I'm going to be legal. So he would go to this place called Venice Beach Kush Club in Venice Beach, right there on the boardwalk. And it was a dispensary, but downstairs it had a doctor who would give you your recommendation if you got approved. But by the way, everyone gets approved. So I became friends at the time with the owner of Venice Beach Kush Club. And I remember RVD's wife at the time, Sonia, shout out Sonia, love her. Um, she was like, we're all smoking. And she told the owner, she was like, you should have a, a nice indica named after Shelly. And 
when I was in WWE, RVD used to call me Vampire Girl. So he was like, that's a great idea. So what he would do, this owner, is every time they got a new indigo strain in, he would call me up and he'd be like, hey, you want to test these out to see if it's like your strain? I was like, hell yeah. So I was smoking all the time over there. I finally found a good one. And then Kush Club for a long time before I had a falling out with that guy. There was Vampire Girl, and that was named after me. So this whole article that Hulk Hogan's the only no. So this over here, this little plant, it might have to be Vampire Girl. There you go. The legend is born or reborn, as it were. Long live the vampire. <laughs> yeah, I never really heard anything about Hulk Hogan smoking weed. It doesn't seem like. Yeah. I don't know. I guess most of my knowledge of Hulk Hogan is based on uh, that reality show they had. And then, like, the sex tape where he was banging Bubba Lowspice's wife and talking about dropping <laughs> bombs while talking about his daughter. Not wanting her to date black guys. I forgot about that. And here's the thing. And Hogan knows best. He never came across to me like he was high. He just seemed grumpy and miserable. And so... When I've looked into this, like, why are his eyes red back in the day? Because I've looked that up before because it bothers me. It creeps me out, to be honest. Like, I'm not trying to be a bitch, but it creeps me out because they're so <laughs> weird. And then I thought, well, maybe he boozes. Like, you know, sometimes when people booze for a long time, they get different kind of, like, weird whatevers. I don't know. It just creeps me out. Like, his red, bloodshot, blue eyes. <laughs> It creeps me out, dude. But I'm glad I came across that little thing. So I'm like, no, dude, you're not the only one. Vampire girl. That's right. We need to get that to the press. A little bit of publicity for the strain or whatever. Another thing that always bothered me about Hulk Hogan is like how his whole thing is to be like, to say like, dude. But he says it in the wrong context. Like when you're like, come on, dude. Hey, dude, let's go. Hey, dude, don't be cool. He's, Come on, dude. It's like so forced and so like not natural. <laughs> don't be taking West Coast dude and like effing it up, Hogan, with your bloodshot blue eyes. <laughs> um, so those of you who watched the show in his previous incarnation before channel attitude.com make sure you subscribe less than a dollar a week um we did like i guess you'd call them specialty shows uh one of them was a roast of shelly for her birthday one was we watched home alone uh one was we ate pizza so you could eat a whole pizza first i think we need to get to start brainstorming more ideas for those types of shows so people have something to look forward to you know, not that, you know, the stories and stuff are great, but every now and then you throw in a little bit of something, a little curveball, if you will, if I may use a baseball metaphor or analogy, whichever one. And um, so what are your thoughts, Shelly? Do you have any preferences as far as maybe a movie to see or a food to eat or a competition? We did Uno as well. I almost forgot about that. A competition to engage in anything along those lines. I think it'd be cool to watch something. Indeed. Maybe even something that like, like I'm just throwing it out there. Like maybe something like the movie Days and Confused because mm -hmm. I've never really seen it from beginning to end. It's always gotten on my nerves and I, everyone assumes that I like it because I'm a pothead. But like, even when I see the commercials, like on Comedy Central, I'm like, dude, no one I know, and I've known different people walks of life that are stoners, act like that. Like, maybe if they're 13 years old or something. <laughs> so maybe like taking apart a movie that we're supposed to like because we're stoners. I'm kind of that way about Up in Smoke. I mean... A lot of it's so over the top, and I also understand that most of it was just like skits and shit from their albums that is kind of forced into a movie format to kind of capitalize on their popularity or whatever. But it just there's lots, there's parts of that movie that I mean, if I'm not really really high, I'm just not going to find funny. 
Like there's certain movies that if I'm not high out, I still they're still good. But Up and Smoke is just not one of those for me. And I hate the whole thing where like the truck is like burning and everybody's getting super high just in a little bit of smoke that's coming off this truck. I mean, I know I'm supposed to suspend my disbelief a little bit, but it's always annoyed me. Like you're not gonna stand next to a truck that's made of weed and it's burned a little bit, and you breathe some in, and all of a sudden you're high as a fucking kite and you want to eat 20 pounds of hamburgers. It's not the way it works. You know, the only Cheech and Chong movie that I ever liked, and not even liked, but like the only thing that stands out to me that I thought was really funny, whether you're high or not, is I don't know which one it was. I don't think it was like their like first one, but um, is with Paul Rodriguez in it, and he thinks that the answering machine is Jesus talking to him. I don't remember that. Don't that remember. to me is so funny because he thinks. He's not understanding that's the answering machine. So he's thinking it's Jesus. And the way he, because there's like a Jesus cross on the wall, like by it. And so like the way he plays it out is <laughs> really good. I don't know. I haven't seen it in a long time, but that's the only thing I could ever tell you that like, and then I know because I'm a stoner, I'm supposed to be all about Tommy Chong and like, I think what he's done for the cannabis community is great. I like his relationship between him and his wife. So it's like, that's fine. But like that character, like he says, like, I don't know. Like <laughs> he says man way too much. And it's just like, like you said, kind of just like forced. And it was a different era, different time. So maybe that's what it is. But it just kind of gets on my nerves. Like, now he's a now he's a TikTok star apparently he's on there all the time and Cheech is on there he's on there with his wife i had shelby on a few years ago uh, shelby chong on my show my show like three or four years ago something like that but i go scrolling through TikTok and he's like every other video is him he's doing like 10 videos a day like all kinds of shit so I mean, that's the way to go i don't know i remember yeah. a lot of the movies like one, I get them confused, but I know the one with um, had Pee Wee Herman in it. Uh, that was pretty funny. And one, uh, I think their last one, Still Smoking or whatever, they went to Amsterdam. And for some reason, everybody thought they were uh, Burt Reynolds and Dolly Parton. So they were talented Burt Reynolds and Dolly Parton. And, you know, again, it's not the greatest plot in the world. But if you're high enough, you know. See, I don't know. I, I, I've been very medicated watching it, and I just I get annoyed and bored. And like I said, I know I'm supposed to be the opposite way, and I'm more of a fan of Chong with like his awareness of what he's brought to cannabis, and when he does bits with his wife, like whether they're showing you what they got or they're talking about how their relationship's awesome because they just always smoke together or like whatever like i'm more of a fan of that stuff and then cheech i don't know he's just kind of there to me like nothing stands out to me because i was going to say maybe other movies it's like what has he even been on like i don't know i know he's been on a lot but it's just like i there's no interest there for me yeah he was um he was in that movie Tin Cup with uh, Kevin Costner. I don't know if he was like a caddy or whatever. I know he was on that show Nash Bridges with um, what's his face? It was from Miami Vice, Don Johnson. I remember that he had a cool car and like Cheech was his sidekick. He got away from the weed stuff for a long time. He was just Cheech, the guy who doesn't smoke weed, plays these characters. <laughs> yeah. But now he's back into it full force. I mean, why not? Why not? Speaking of full force, have you seen that um, guy lately, the car guy? <laughs> no, I'm not. The video, I've not seen him again. I still spend quite a bit of time in that parking lot, but I don't know. Maybe some time to him. I'll never know. I'll never know the answers to any of my questions. Why? What's going on? What the hell are you doing? Was, I should have took my opportunity that day. Maybe whatever he's been doing, he finally got in trouble for. Maybe. Or maybe he found someone to, A, uh, spend a happy life with, or B, skin in his basement. I don't know. <laughs> it really, there's a broad range of things he could have been up to. 
Totally. <laughs> just for just for the record, I'm hoping that he didn't skin somebody in his basement. The worst he was doing was just maybe looking for someone to pay for intercourse. And maybe they found love. Maybe. There's like pretty woman. Yeah, you know, it happens, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> the guy in the convertible found his pretty woman. We'll go with that. That's a happy note. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we'll think more about the uh, the movies and whatnot. Something we can watch. That'd be cool. Yeah. Maybe, uh, I don't know how we would do it. Like when the new Musters movie comes out, maybe seeing that. But with the technology and the copyright, I don't know if there'd be any copyright issues. But where to like be able to stream it here? I guess really I can stream anything that's on any kind of streaming service. So we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> Look forward to. But you have to subscribe. That's the key. Without it, you're seeing clips on Twitter. You're not getting the full effect of what's going on on the show. And that's your loss. Totally. I feel bad for you. I'm sorry for you. <laughs> your pathetic existence without this show. So get on it. Thank you, Shelly. Another awesome show. And I will see you next week. All righty. Adios. Bye.